Bonjour lovely listeners, welcome to episode 107 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I'm going to make one of my guests laugh right now by saying I am your titular Stace. Oh. <laughs> I both laugh, ha <laughs> ha tits. Uh, <laughs> and on YouTube... A bit harsh, we only just got it. <laughs> We're all tits, but I love tits, so that's a compliment. I've um, got them, so you're all right. Before I introduce my uh, my lovely guests for this month, um, I would just like to preface this by saying that I apologise in advance if I am completely doolally for this episode. But I had a really terrible night's sleep last night, which was partly due, I bet yours isn't for the same reason, it's partly due to the fact that at just gone 10pm last night, just as I was settling into bed, finishing off reading a few messages, turning off the lamp, somebody who lives on my street thought, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing the song Never Enough from The Greatest Showman <laughs> at least 37 <laughs> times in a row at the absolute top of my lungs in my garden. That's what that's what 10.05pm 10, is for. That's what it's for. It was so bad that at one point, Rich just got up and went downstairs and watched an episode of Spin City because neither of us could sleep. It was a nightmare. Also, and I don't mean to be rude about this because I am a person with what I would consider to be a passable voice. So I'm not one to throw stones at like, they were you know, shit. Just say it. The piece. Well, I think they must have been drunk, but I can't fathom out why you would get drunk and then clearly rehearse a song because there's no need to sing a song that many times in a row unless you rehearse it. Ooh. But if you're rehearsing, you should be rehearsing for something that you should be good at. And I, don't, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't know what was happening. And then anyway, by the time they shut up, it just gone 11 p.m. Dickhead. Fucking hell! Uh, what, I was what, very you know, awake. You know when you Cross. see the footage of like New York or Paris or Rome, <laughs> and you've got you know yeah. the opera singers singing off the balcony, and all that, that's that's the English version of that. As a drunk oh, getting in the was, back garden. Was there just not a part of you that wanted to get shot out of the window? It's been enough. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, because uh, Rich was like, can you even recognise the song? Because he d- he's not seen the film and he's got no interest in it. And I will introduce you in a minute, don't worry. Um, <laughs> he was like, can you tell what song it is? And I was like, yeah, but it was only because, like, because the person was really loud, but I think there were a few houses away. But it was, I could only tell because every now and again it'd go fairly quiet, which I think is when, you know, the, the fairly early bit of the song is, which is, I'm trying to hold my breath and yeah. all that like soft, lovely stuff. And the only bits I could hear every now and again was just somebody going, never, never, <laughs> never, never. And I was like, oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. I'm going to actually go on a murder rampage. Ah. <laughs> but I was too tired and I was wow. in my jammies and murder's yeah. difficult, you know, so. Anyway, so I'm tired, and joining me in the parlour today. (laughs) 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 Woo! (laughs) Sleep deprivation intros. Joining me in the parlour today are parlour favourites, my favourites, everybody's favourites, the delightful Jenny Newman. Woo! Hi! And the lovely Lee Grice. Hello! Bonjour! I thought you were just going to introduce us by ailment. So I'm tired, here's hypochondriac, (laughs) and hemorrhoids. (laughs) Um, <laughs> it could have been either one of us, to be fair. God, no. Come on, guys. I talk about vaginas all the time, and even I don't want to hear about your hemorrhoids. Jeez, <laughs> <Louise>. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you're lucky you're not in my inner circle. That's all I can say. No pun intended. I was just going to say, what inner circle do you mean? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Move on. Let's talk about pop culture. No, guys, seriously, uh, how's it hanging? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't mean that. (laughs) Fine. I'll send you a selfie. No, thank you. Uh, is it a selfie if it's of your butt? Sorry, what? It's a belfie. It's a butty. A buttfie? Oh, God. It's uh, going to be a nightmare to edit. <laughs> Just don't. Oh, I won't. Spanish flu. So. Um, <laughs> so, before we started recording, we had a good 45 minutes where we all ranted about life as it currently is. Yes. <laughs> So hopefully we've got all of that out of our system now, which means that we'll be free to just talk about about pop culture and our hemorrhoids because that's not COVID related. <laughs> I've got a pop culture question for the for the group actually. Uh, How are we coping with like watching new stuff, or are we all in comfort viewing mode? Because like for the last two months, I've literally just been watching old stuff. I've been going back. <laughs> And watching, mm. you know, like Ray Harryhausen movies and Doug McClure monster movies and stuff like that. It's all stuff I've seen like a million times before. Yeah. I've got like no appetite for new stuff or anything I need to think about. I've had a good mixture because, well, when it comes to films, I've mostly watched my stuff, what I've got. So that's been a lot of revisiting. But when it comes to TV and streaming, um, I have watched a fair bit of new stuff. But then I did start watching Life on Mars the other night because that actually is new to me because I didn't watch it first time mm-hmm. round. So it's been a good mix. Although I must admit, like you, I have, I do struggle with um, staying with or concentrating on new stuff. Mm. In saying that, though, I have started watching The Mandalorian and Stumptown. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love The Mandalorian. I'm bringing it well into Stumptown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really enjoying that. It's, it's so. I've not read the comic. Oh, mate, that, you need to. But I, yeah, but I'm familiar with uh, Rooker, isn't it? Yeah, I can never remember Rooker. if it's Rooker or Brubank. It's Rooker, isn't it? It's Rooker, yeah. Um, but I'm familiar with his kind of oeuvre. So, yeah. and just watching the TV like, series, I can go, okay, this is a lot more mind. I bet the comic's a bit grittier than this. A little bit, yeah. Um, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's just nice to watch. I've been watching that and Magnum. I like the only <sighs> new things I've been I watching. I love Magnum. Um, and it's been such a nice change to watch, like, episode of the week, you know, case mm. of the week type shows yeah. where it's all done and dusted within 40 minutes and it's not, like, 35 minutes of two people sitting in a room talking about stuff and just padding out the season yeah. until they can get to the cliffhanger. Yeah, that's, I've, I've enjoyed that with Magnum because Magnum's Magnum PI has been like that. You just get a decent, good, solid episode. Yeah. And, yes, there's overarching stuff going on. Of course there is. Mm. But each kind of case is just one episode, and that's... I think it's really nicely crafted, actually. Yeah. I like how he's like... Although it's like... It's it's so preposterous, really, that he's like... He's like kind of like a regular dude, but he's in like a mansion, and he's got the cars and all that kind Mm. of stuff for plot reasons. Yeah. But um, but I do like that he's like a really shitty detective who gets like the missing cat cases. (laughs) And that kind of... But they always escalate into some international intrigue with like gunfights on aeroplanes mm-hmm. and Mission Impossible type stuff. Yeah. But I'd like that they start off with something mundane, like a stolen fish yeah. or <laughs> that kind of stuff. There's literally an episode <laughs> literally where he's stupid. looking for a stolen fish. <laughs> a stolen fish! Yeah, a oh. stolen fish. And it becomes a big 
a, like a drug smuggling thing or something. Yeah. So it becomes a big hole. And the drugs yeah. and the fish. Probably. I can't like, remember. It's like a season one thing. Because one of the recent ones was um, a, a widow's, um, her husband's ashes were stolen. So yeah. they had to go and find the urn and the husband's ashes. And then that turned into a big thing of, there was like some information stored inside the, yes, the yeah, urn. Yeah, there was a, a drive so had, of a yeah. in there. That's it. So they had to go and, and it just escalates. And, and in, and, cause in this reboot version, um, Higgins is female as well. They swap the gender and it works. Yeah. She's I mean, really good. She's actually the best character, isn't it? She is. She's, oh, I fucking love her. She's great. Yeah. I really love her. And she's so funny. I like that too. The comedy is, is yeah. really nice and easy and good and good fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, oh, that's been good. Good, good chuckles, and then a little bit of a crossover with Hawaii Five O. Hawaii Five O, yeah, yeah. Which was like all the way. So you just go in. Oh, they, they've got to bump into the into, yeah. uh, into Five O at some point, surely. Yeah, uh, yeah. The aren't that big, exactly. uh, so it, it was kind of kind of not. But it's it's weird whenever they do those kind of crossover episodes. Even if you watch both mm. series, everybody seems slightly off character yeah. because it's like they have to be introduced to the to the other viewers. That's so, it. Everybody's not quite in their own rhythm. Yeah. But it is, but it was, it is, it is, I do, I do, I do love it. I just hope they don't do, because obviously now, um, Higgins is a woman. Mm. They're playing the whole will they, won't they get together. Which thing. is really annoying because eventually. I don't want it. I don't want I it don't, at all. I don't want it either because if it follows like something like Bones, they mm. absolutely did follow through with it and it just made the series into shit. Yeah, it's Am just, it's just no, Sorry, did you guys ever watch Castle? No. Yes, I'm I can't a bit. See, that did my Sweden as well because the whole like the whole show was uh, built around the idea of like Nathan Fillion being this writer who's helping the police because he's a really good detectives novels writer. I don't know. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the male Jessica Fletcher, basically. Yeah. Um, and there was all this, always this like, will they, won't they, with the uh, lead detective lady. And then yeah. they finally did, and they like were about to get married. And then it was very clear that the writers went, well, what do we do now? Yeah. Because there's no like conflict in that, and it's not going to be interesting to just watch them, you know. Well, a happy you, couple you lean and heavily into that you can't kind make of her the damsel in distress yeah, yeah. which you lean into that once you resolve it then you realize oh shit we've now got rid of like 50 percent of our <laughs> episodes have just yeah. gone yeah so yeah. and it's very hard i mean one i think one show that really carried that off was cheers i think that's the the, the ultimate one where they really carried that although they did have you know uh, shelly long left at one point yeah but they really, that, that's how that you deal with that sort of stuff. But, um, and it, yeah, because it did work. And um, elementary, actually, they managed to do mm. an entire, what was it, six years, I think, in the end. But they managed a whole six years where Watson and Holmes never became romantically involved, mm. ever. And it worked. That's, yeah. that's sort of a like, thing with um, Sherlock Holmes, though, isn't it? Like, there's a whole... I don't like not to like push the asexual agenda, but oh, there's like God, a whole thing of like agenda again, the, please. Good, good <laughs> Lord, people who don't want to do anything. Ah, how yeah. dare Weird, they? Isn't it? How dare they? Yeah. Um, but there's like a whole thing in the like asexual community about whether or not to consider Holmes as asexual. Because, oh, I personally don't. I think he's probably got. I think he probably has sexual desires, but he just can't be asked with you know the minutiae of a relationship. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you know the effort. Those, it's a no, it, yeah, it's just a tr- it's a difficult. He can't be asked getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing the, forming the relationship to get to that point. I think. 
Yeah. I think that's fair because in elementary, the only one he did was with Moriarty and that, as we know, does not mix well. Mm. And any other time, it was just a quick, sh- you know, it was a shag, basically. It was mm. a one night stand. Another anything serious. Oh, good times. But yeah, Stumptown. Colby Smolders. Smolders. Yeah. It always sounds like an anagram to me. Yeah. It, it sounds like that's not a real say. name. That's the anagram of a real yeah. name. But she is brilliant as Dex in yeah. Stumptown. So good. The action is great as well. Yeah, that's great stuff. I've got no uh, idea what Stumptown is about. <laughs> She's it's, a It's a, a bog standard detective yeah. show, really. It's that kind of standard thing about... A, she used to be in the... the the army was she's she? The, yeah, she's former military, American military, and That's, then yeah. she um kind of. I, th- I think she's I think she kind it. of either either um, I don't want to say invalided out, but she kind of leaves the military after like a a, a bad experience. Yes, yeah, uh, so, and then she kind of goes off the rails for a while with um, PTSD, PTSD, and then she kind of falls backwards into becoming a detective. which yeah. is really nice, and it works. Really yeah, it well. does. It reminds me a bit of Columbo, not Columbo. Oh Christ! Never mind. It'll come to me. But it's, it's but it's kind of very kind of uh, blue collar detective yeah. that kind of stuff, which I kind of like. Because it, it's her and her brother, and her brother has uh, her brother's Down syndrome. Mm. And the actor who plays her brother is wonderful. He's mm. so so good. And I can't remember the guy, the actor's name, who is her friend who owns the bar. But he was in New Girl. Yeah. Oh. Oh. He was. Uh, which one was it? Max Greenfield. Oh, no, the other, the other. Uh, Jake Johnson. Yeah, I think that's him. Possibly, the one, yeah. the one who did the voice of uh, Schlubby Spider Man in Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Jake Johnson. Yeah. I love him. He's so yeah. cute. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah. yeah, he's got a lead role in it. He's really good. I don't know if they've done something to his nose or if he just has an odd nose, and I never realised it in New Girl, but. <laughs> I think it's the beard accentuates his nose. Yeah, that's what it is. I think when he didn't have the beard, you don't notice the nose. Yeah, so it's just, it's a funny shape. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, there's uh, some good series there to watch. Yeah. I've been having that, to, to answer your question from ages ago, Lee, I... Um, <laughs> hemorrhoids? <laughs> I do not have hemorrhoids. Okay. Uh, I do almost always have the shits, though. Don't know what that's about. Should probably <laughs> see somebody. No, I, I've i been having a hard time watching new TV, but I've been watching quite a lot of new movies. Um, I'm finding that easier yeah. uh, than getting into like new TV shows. Although I did watch um, Devs. I've just finished Devs. Mm. Um it is, but I don't know if now is the right time to watch it. It's nothing. It's not. It's nothing to do with like pandemics or outbreaks or uh, mass deaths or whatever. But it's um, it's basically like Alex Garland wondering about quantum physics and whether humans really have free will and what really is life anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit heavy. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a bit sort of like, oh, do I really want to be questioning determinism and whether yeah. I'm fated to say all <laughs> yeah. the things I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's... it's oh, it's a shame because it's a really stylish show and it's really well acted and it's really beautiful. And yeah. I'm sure if I was in a slightly better mood, I would yeah. probably have... I mean, I did still really like it. Like, I would happily recommend it to anyone and everyone. But I just think if you're in the same sort of mindset I am, which is very much a sort of like teetering on the edge of a depression, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's just maybe not the time to be getting introspective about, you know, fate and... Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. I watched about three minutes of it and just went, yeah, I'm not in the right headspace for this. 
this this like, is going to require yeah. me paying a lot of attention. Oh. No, yeah. I felt like that after a lot of watching normal people because everyone was raving about normal people on BBC Three. Mm. So I thought, all right, I'll give it a go. And it is it is beautifully acted. Well done. Don't particularly care much about the characters. One of them's quite hot. Mm. <laughs> I'll give it that. But um, God, I haven't finished it. <laughs> I haven't gone back to it, so that says a lot. Yeah. Um, I've got about four or five, like, half-viewed seasons on Netflix. Mm. Titans I haven't got through, and uh, Happy Season 2 I've not got through. Just hope, and it's not like I'm not digging the shows. It's just, mm. like, they're all very grim, dark. Yeah. I'm glad I finished Titans before all of this happened, but then I did practically watch it in a weekend. Yeah. yeah. And then I was very sad and upset by the end of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got like quite a lot of stuff. It's funny because we've got quite a lot of stuff that we should be watching. I don't know whether part of the problem is the fact that I've got this like thought in my head of like, oh, you know, I've got all the time in the fucking world now, so I'll just watch it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tomorrow rolls round, and I'm like, I can't be bothered to that. I'll just watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, like, because like we've got an entire season of Legion, and I just don't know if I've got the brain power for it at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think, right, I'll watch that. I mean, me and Rich have been watch- re-watching Scrubs, for God's sake. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've fucking seen Scrubs. Admittedly, there is now a podcast about it where Zach uh, Braff and Donald Faison are actually re-watching the show and talking about each episode. So there's sort of a reason to be watching it, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but i tell you what, I t- the one thing I did want to talk about uh, that I have watched, because I'm really intrigued to see if anybody else has even seen it, there's a, there was a short film uh, on BBC Two a few weeks ago called The Fall. Did any of you guys no. check it no. out? Okay. <laughs> okay, so picture this, if you will. It's BBC Two. It's like knocking on midnight or some shit. And in between two perfectly normal TV shows, a movie starts, a short film starts. It's not... It doesn't come up with a title card. It doesn't tell you what it is. There's no real information on the TV about it. It just starts, and it is a bunch of people in the forest with creepy doll masks on trying to shake another person in a creepy doll mask out of a tree. <laughs> like, okay. what in okay. the actual fuck? Um, I'm not going to say any more about it because it's only seven minutes long, <laughs> so I don't want yeah. to ruin it. But it is possibly one of the most creepy and intense seven minutes I've ever had in my life. And we, me and Rich didn't even watch it live. Rich yeah. watched it and then said to me, you need to watch this thing. And if you're not creeped out by it, then I don't know how we can be married anymore because we've <laughs> got the right reactions to life. Uh, and, and we watched it and I was like, Rich, what in the hell was that? And why does it exist? And why? <laughs> yeah. It's by Jonathan Glazer, who I only know as being the director of one of my favourite music videos, which is Street Spirit by Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very sort of beautiful music video that's like it's all in black and white and like it was really clever for its time it's like parts of the video were in slow motion while other parts were in normal time whilst other parts were in super speed but they were all happening like at the same time so like mm. somebody would jump in the air in slow motion mm-hmm. and somebody else would like walk by and wave a stick under their legs like in normal speed yeah like it was it was yeah it's i think it's really beautiful but i think what i want you to do is i want you to go and watch the fall and then immediately text me and tell me what you think about it and then i want you to think about the fact that this guy is going to direct a movie about the holocaust that's going to come out next year i think <laughs> and just just you like know, that you know what's happening about it as i thought that I'm having like homework palpitations, like when I was at school, the teacher was giving you homework. I'm like, oh shit! I'm literally having chest 
Touch it under my chest, like oh fucking hell, it's homework. Okay, you don't actually have to watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to put that pressure on you. I'm just intrigued because the thing is, the only people that me and Rich know that have seen it is me and Rich and Phil. I think might not even be Phil. Actually, I don't know. So I'm in a position where I just need to know what other people think because I'm like, <laughs> am I just really overreacting to the fact that I don't really like masks? Is that what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> or is at it least, because like I was imagining know, it in the dark? Like, people you know, can go and watch that on iPlayer. Because they used to do that sort of thing in the 70s and 80s. You'd just stumble across some weird Czechoslovakian short film or animation or something. or mm. some, And, and it'll be on at stupid o'clock in the morning just as you're about to go to bed. It would freak you out. <laughs> and then the next morning, you, you weren't sure whether you had imagined it or not. Mm. And, you, and you'd, go to, you know, you'd go to school or whatever and go, did, did that, was that on? Did anybody else see that thing? And you go, oh, yeah, I saw that thing. That was a strange thing. You know, that that <laughs> kind of stuff. They just stick these weird little short film films on to to pad out the schedules and stuff. Or when Channel Four first started and they didn't have like the advertising revenue, mm. so there'd be no adverts. So they just stick a, a random little thing on and just just to freak people out. But yeah, I kind of oh. like when when they do that. Everything's all a bit scheduled and and <laughs> obvious now. Mm. It's nice when they used to. You know, I mean, it always used to be nice when you just. When he was a kid, and they just stick a random Tom and Jerry cartoon on for no reason, and that would be the highlight of your day. Like, yes, those but were great days. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can download them all, and it's twenty-four. Yeah, my nephews have got twenty-four-seven cartoons now. It's non-stop. You think, yeah, you don't know, what you, you don't know you're living. <laughs> I've got to say, I do love the, like, 24-7 fucking cartoon times, though, because one of the things I have been absolutely loving, because I, at the moment, like, even though I have been still watching, like, some weird shit like The Fall and, like, some creepy, scary movies or whatever, like, the stuff that I've been enjoying the most is the stuff that can make me laugh, because mm. I just want to have a laugh at the moment, because I'm yeah, not, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing my friends, I'm not seeing my family, like, you know, I, I could do with uh, a little bit of a little bit of a giggle. So I've been like I've been watching uh, the new Ducktales hey. uh, again. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that show. It, it is, is so great. funny. It's it, really fucking funny. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. I've tried back when it started. I watched the first episode, yeah. and it drove me up the wall <laughs> that I couldn't understand a word Donald was saying. Oh, oh that, no, that's I'm that's like a bit. Donald. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like a running bit. That is genuinely a bit. <laughs> It's not, they're not, like, I I was saying to Rich, because I had the same problem when we first started watching it, and I was like, I wonder if there's anything ever going to come of this, because it was really starting to piss me off. And, like, even if you put the subtitles on, it's just, like, unintelligible quacking. Um, (laughs) Because I did try. Um, And I was like, I can pick up, like, the odd word, but, like, ah. But there is, like, I'm sure there's an episode at some point where his voice clears up for some reason, and he's got got a beautiful voice, Donald. Absolutely (laughs) beautiful. But um, I, just, I love David Tennant as Uncle Scrooge. Oh, he's so he's good. Amazing. He's so good. But still, the question is, why doesn't Webby wear shoes? And <laughs> Lena does. Guys, Jenny is obsessed with this. She's texted us multiple times to ask about twice. this. <laughs> that's multiple. Like that's, we that's know, multiple. like we've got the actual answer. Well, about, you watched it more why? than me. <laughs> Like why? Sexism, that's why. <laughs> but... But Webby and Lena are both girls. Oh, okay. They're <laughs> and hippies. The hippie boys girls. don't wear shoes either, do they? No, the boys don't wear shoes. Do they wear trousers? No. no. I think Rocking out with their cocks out, Bath. Because <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Uncle Scrooge wear spats, at least? He does. His... He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like I love I love the clothing choices when they go with like anthropomorphic characters in the Disney universe because yeah. it's like it's I feel like it should be all or nothing with clothes. They're either like Zootopia, everybody's wearing everything, yeah. or it should be like fuck it, they're animals. Bambi, nobody's wearing any clothes. Mm. Dicks out everywhere. <laughs> Boobs out. Every- no, I'm not. I'm kidding. I don't want penises in my <laughs> Disney shows. But like that's what I love. Like, one of the things I love about Ducktales because you'll have a character turn up and you'll see like his head and you'll think, oh, I wonder how many clothes this guy's wearing. <laughs> Because doesn't Launchpad wear trousers? I believe he does, yeah, because he's got like a full like pilot outfit yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I love Launchpad. Launchpad, Launchpad. old people. <laughs> Launchpad, like whenever there's an episode with Launchpad and or Dewey, oh, I am... His best friend. ...so set, because I love Dewey. I'm not going to lie, right, I've got a really big fucking crush on the guy who does the voice of Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> who also did the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know what this says about me, <laughs> uh, but I'm hoping it's nothing creepy. Um, I just, I just, he's a 38-year-old man. I will point that, <laughs> just point that out before we move along with the conversation and people think, hey, is she in love with a small boy? But, yeah, but no. do you fancy him as him, or do you only fancy him as the cartoon character? Oh, no, I absolutely fancy him as him, and I shall tell you for oh. why. He's just, he's just released uh, some improv comedy specials on Netflix. There's only three. But I think I might have pissed myself, actually, genuinely pissed myself laughing. Is that the one where it's him and his mate on stage? Yes, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I keep seeing it again. Oh, I ought to God. watch that. I ought to watch I mean, that. it's like so my level of comedy because I, I am a person who will laugh at most things. Like, I'll, I'll laugh at like highbrow or political comedy. I'll laugh at a fart joke. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll laugh at pretty much anything. But my favourite type of humour is when it's just like completely unexpected. And even though it's an improv show and I should expect comedy, <laughs> there's like i mean there was one bit that had me literally creasing that even if you see it you probably wouldn't find it as funny as i did when ben schwartz walks in trying to be a cool character and he goes hey card trick and then realizes he doesn't have any cards so he just does this motion where it looks like he's just dealt one card from his waistline just like across the stage and then stands there like yes and <laughs> and i was dying because he just literally just walks in like card trick and then <laughs> Nothing happens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. See, you guys don't find it funny. <laughs> it's, it's I perhaps it doesn't translate to, you know, narration. No, Maybe you have to try to see it. No, yeah. it does help that Ben Schwartz is a very good physical comedian as well. But yeah, it, uh, it is definitely him that I fancy, not the small boy character that he, characters that he plays. <laughs> <laughs> That's a relief to, to all, I'm afraid. Just to clarify uh, that. But Dewey is in the DuckTales. Like, I don't know if I'm misremembering this or not, but I feel like in the original DuckTales, if you didn't colour code the boys, I'm not sure I could have told them apart based on their personalities. No, they were all the same. At in all. the original, they were just so cookie-cutter type little characters. Kids, like, yeah. yeah, like rambunctious little kids. Yeah, no whereas this... this um, this version of it, I love their characters. I love how different they are. They're so funny, and Webby thrown into the mix as well is great. I love yeah. that. A, I, I really appreciate the like time they took to actually establish them as characters rather than yeah. just being like these are the kids that are going to run around and get in trouble. It's like no, these are the specific reasons why they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. There was a recent episode of Ducktales that was uh, entirely a giant intergalactic wrestling match. So I. <laughs> happy <laughs> i just watched the episode where they've gone to see uh, a horror film like a b-movie horror film the mole people or something like that and they all end up down in the subway to see if they can find subterranean people 
and oh gosh is it was it Huey he's all scientific and he's got his little kind of ranger book about oh, his little junior woodchuck book <laughs> yeah that's it and then all I could have go through my head was if a woodchuck could chuck wood or whatever <laughs> for ages but I really love that episode it was really good fun Oh, it is so much fun. Especially Launchpad in that, because he thought he was a subterranean mole person. <laughs> and he was talking to himself, thinking he was doing an inner monologue. And um, he had uh, Dewey with him, I think. Yeah, he had Dewey with him, and he said, Dewey, my best friend. Dewey's like, I'm your best friend. <laughs> yeah, I had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> we just should stop trying to narrate funny scenes and things, because clearly Lee doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Ow. translating well. I'm just letting you get on with it. I can't contribute to this. Uh, that's okay. I also haven't finished She-Ra yet, but I, it's okay. basically being spoiled. But I've, I know one of the major things that happens. <gasps> Don't tell me because it hasn't oh, no, been spoiled not, for me. Not Somehow I've avoided it, <laughs> even though I'm on the internet <laughs> exponentially more than I ever used to be. <laughs> I think it's also because I follow um, AJ, the, I can't remember, I don't know how you pronounce her surname, but she does the voice of Catra. Ah, and I follow her on Instagram, and she also does the singing of the theme. Oh, okay, uh, I she... hate that theme tune. That is the one thing about that show I can't stand. Well, <laughs> have you? Me uh, that. I th- she, well, she gets to sing a version, which is a super. Let's slow it down and be all kind of you know grungy, depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they do that with popular songs that are up and beat and stuff, and they think, hey, hey, let's just sing this really depressing. And then they put it in a bank commercial. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, except they've done that with She-Ra and um, put it in, I don't know, I think the last episode or something. So, you know. Ooh. I am kind of sad that it's finished, but also think it's the right time for it to finish. Yeah. Because I think they were getting a bit spent on what they were going to continue telling stories. I th- yeah, I think when you when you get to a point where you're like, I don't know, should we just put them in space? That's the time that you should yeah. think about stopping. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're going to do He-Man next, and that's going to be interesting to see. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Because I don't know how I feel about Kevin Smith. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, see what his spin is. I mean, his daughter's blatantly going to be in it. So. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I should be more positive about it, because She-Ra's been really good. Yeah. But like, I think there's a very clear reason to me why She-Ra was good, and it's because it was helmed by somebody who cares about She-Ra, but also cares about like people in general and wanted to reflect things that would matter to the audience they were aiming for. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether Kevin Smith would just be like, ha, 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 look at this He-Man villain that I remember because I'm cool. <laughs> I just tried to think what he's going to do with Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good. That's just. I can't wait the potential to see what. Horrendous. I can't wait to see what Grumpy Skeletor is going to say about it. <laughs> I love Grumpy Skeletor. I love Grumpy Skeletor. Oh, he's so good. I love how fucking much he hates Caramax. That is the right opinion. Yeah, Caramax. Caramax. So dis- yeah. I had a Caramax a few Get years ago. Get out of my face. The face oh. like him when I was a kid, and they're just horrendous. Yeah, they're, they're horrible. They're they're like, they taste like vomiting off, yeah? Oh, God, it's just foul. Absolutely. Anybody likes a Caramax? Just. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I, bit um, harsh, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it is just really weird. It's like yeah, because it, it, yeah, you just think, what happened? What has happened in the intervening twenty years, or whatever it's been, thirty years since I last had one, that they've now started putting sand in the recipe? <laughs> why did they? Why did they do that? What you know? What happened there? 
They might always have done it. It's just your palate has changed over the years. Well, my, my theory is that Caramac is actually owned by Tarmac. So <laughs> it's, it's literally the same company and they use the same mixers and yeah. everything for the, for the, for the that's Tarmac. That's how they reduce the waste. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> screw it. They just use the same bonds. So that's what happens. And I think that's a pretty solid, uh, I, yeah i think so yeah yeah but oh. it's one of those weird things where you, you go back i mean um i remember oh this is this is just um i had my first twinkie about five years ago or something like that because twinkies are just legendary mm-hmm. over here because yeah. you didn't, couldn't get them and you know they're in ghostbusters and they're in all the old comics and all that kind of thing and you have one and they're revolting anything what the fucking <laughs> i love twinkies Jesus. i haven't even tried one i mean yet. i will be i will be 100 percent honest they taste synthetic as fuck yeah like imagine if somebody was trying to i don't know create sponge without actually using the real ingredients for sponge yeah and then try to create cream without actually using any real dairy <laughs> and then it's, they went let's put them together let's just inject one into the other and call it a cake like it's not a real food stuff but to me it's just like thick gorgeous like d- death by sugar <laughs> i thought the cream was marshmallow i don't know what it's supposed to be. i don't know what it is <laughs> i've I never had one i just i don't think Mm. It's it's just one of those you know like you used to have your you, you'd have your proper chocolate and then there'd be the cheap chocolates yeah. and that kind of stuff and you have like your proper biscuits and cakes and stuff and then there was the cheapo stuff that was chocolate flavored mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff you know coated in a chocolate covering chocolate flavored covering that wasn't really chocolate it's like that it's like sponge in inverted commas and <laughs> creamy filling in inverted commas. <laughs> Oh, it is delicious, though. I mean, it's so sticky in your mouth. Like, it's just... Hey, don't take that out of context. (laughs) (laughs) Careful how you edit that. I think you've found the uh, the title for the episode now, anyway. (laughs) Sticky in your mouth. Oh, dear me. Shall we talk about Stargirl? (laughs) Go on, then. Lee, you haven't said much for a while. Do you want to... (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just letting you, because you were just talking about Shira and stuff, which I don't watch. You were talking about DuckTales, which I don't watch. So I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll shut the fuck up and let you get on with it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so last night I watched, uh, because I haven't watched anything and you'd invited me on. So I thought, <laughs> I'd better watch something pop culture-y. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking about King Kong from 1933. <laughs> because that's the only thing I've watched recently, or I'm going to be talking about, you know, Warlords of Atlantis from 1978. And I thought that's not terribly, you know, trendy. So I thought, well, I'll go watch a couple of, like, new pilots. So I watched Stargirl, um, and I watched Snowpiercer. But uh, Stargirl is the latest from the Greg Berlanti, Arrowverse, um, DC TV universe. Mm-hmm. Um, based on What I kind of like is that it's based on a really obscure character. I'm really liking that all these really obscure characters are, are being made now because all my favorites tend to be the c and d listers rather than the, the the big guys the big names so uh yeah so star girl is a i mean so it's a, she's an obscure character even for comic book fans i think <laughs> um so the premise is really nice it's written by i mean the character was created by jeff johns and uh, what's the guy's name? Lee. Oh, I can't think what his name is now. Lee something. Moda. Lee Moda. I'm saying he. It could be a she. And yeah, so what, what is it? It's it, it, like ties into the whole kind of 
generational aspect of DC Comics. So it goes back to the JSA, which is like the Golden Age version of the Justice League, you know, the, the original super team from the 1940s and stuff like that. And you've got, there's a, there were a couple of characters in there called Star Spangled Kid and Stripesy, Stars in the Stripes. And she kind of inherits, in the modern day, she kind of inherits the, the title of Star Spangled Girl. This is in the comics now I'm talking about. Um, and she becomes the new Star Spangled Girl for the, the new generation of Justice Society of America. And they've kind of taken a lot of that, actually, for the, for the episode. I think the episode's written by Jeff John, so who's not one of my favorite writers to be fair uh, although I, off, I i i've got an awful lot of his stuff i, I don't know how it happens but it's like yeah i don't really like this guy and i've got boxes and boxes full of his stuff so they've kind of taken that and the episodes start off really well with a big kick up between the justice society and the injustice society which is their kind of evil counterpart with a big superhero battle they all you know the the justice society all get killed or whatever and then it flash and that's was set a long time ago in 2010 (laughs) that that just made me feel fucking ancient for a start A long time ago, 10 years ago, you're thinking, geez, that was 2010. I've got, you know, shit, food in my cupboard that's older than that. So, <laughs> so then it flashes to the, to the present and, um, this character called Stripesy, who was in the TV version, it's Starman, who's a different character in the comics. They've kind of melded two different characters together there. And it's, it's kind of like implied that the, 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 the girl may or may not be his daughter. Um, but anyway, so she's, uh, um, uh, she's now Stripesy's, Stripesy is married to her mum and they're moving to a new town and she starts a new school and then an absolute shit ton of high school cliches happen. <laughs> and then, then a bit more superhero stuff happens when it gets quite good. But you got this big bit in the middle that's literally written from the big book of high school cliches that I almost thought it was supposed to be like a parody or is this <laughs> going to be turned out to be some kind of virtual reality prison thing? Because it's literally Buffy. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was when me because I watched it literally just before we started recording, and um and when it kicks off and they've got this whole battle thing, I was just like, I am in, and I was also super happy that even though it felt very unnatural in the show, that Stripesy was there naming all the characters as they were being killed. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could not remember who half of them were because it's been a donkey's age since I read a Justice Society comic. So I was really happy that they were. I was like, right, that's that guy, that's that guy. Joel McHale pops up for a bit. He's yeah. handsome. I'll take that. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I was like, yeah, do you know what? I'm already. I'm in. I'm saying it. I yeah, am yeah. in. And then yeah. she went to school, and I was like, I'm out. Oh, I'm back out. <laughs> Not interested. I don't want. Like, this isn't for me. This is a t- this is a high school drama, and that's I'm 34. I don't identify with yeah, any of yeah. this anymore. But then it started being superhero-y again. I was like, oh, I really me back. It's really me back. So I was. It was a real roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. That it starts off doing like you know, I'm saying you've got the proper costumes and which is big for me. That's yeah. that's one of my big annoyances for for modern superhero movies and and TV shows is when they don't do the costumes. Everybody's in black leather mm. and yeah. nobody wears a fucking mask and all that kind. Of, and it drives me up the wall. It's like well, if you don't want to do it. A superhero show just don't do one do something else mm. you know do a cop show it's something i liked from the promos for style girl is they had her in a costume which was great yeah but i 
did wonder how they were going to do it because the Justice Society has been in um, the CW DCU bonus yeah. before because they were in um, Legends. That's, yeah, Stargirl has been in Legends exactly. in the 40s. That's so, right. So we have but, seen... As it is now, post-Crisis on Infinite Earth, because you had the little montage at the end. You've seen the last episode of Crisis on Infinite Earth, haven't yes. you? Yes, I did, okay. yeah. yeah. you got the little montage at the end, and you see the you know Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing, yeah. and there's a little bit of uh, Stargirl. So basically they're saying she's on, a, on an alternative universe. Okay. She's in a okay. So she's yeah. a different version of that Stargirl, and I think there's a, there was another Stargirl within something else as well as... Anyway, so... Um, but yeah, so she. It, this is a different version. This doesn't tie into that. Okay. Uh, it's it's a different one altogether. I think that's the handy thing about Crisis, though. It did it did manage to wipe a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and sort some shit out because as much fun as the massive crossovers are, the fact that they were all on different Earths was kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of what kind of bugged me at the end was because obviously the original Crisis on Earth's comic took all the, the parallel universes and made them into one. Yeah. Whereas the TV version took multiple different Earths, took about three of them, put them together, <laughs> and then yeah. ended with all these other ones anyway. And I was like, well, okay, that wasn't really <laughs> worth it. Oh, I thought the TV had got rid of all of them as well. No, no, because you've got all I these thought... other ones at the end. They, they, like, so you've got like the CW ones yeah. are all together, shared. So Black Lightning and Supergirl and those ones. Oh, the they're Flash, all on one end. They're all there. But then you've got the DC universe, the, the, the Titans and that are all the on. The streaming ones. They're yeah. all on their different. They're either all on their own universe or separate ones. All to, you know, oh, for I, fuck's I, sake. Yeah, so the <laughs> stuff, yeah, so it's like, but I was still like, okay, I was just glad to see those in there. I just thought mm. that was nice to just see all that, to acknowledge them at least, that they I, were all there. I did read an interesting, because I don't know much about Stargirl at all um, or her creation, and I read an article today that was quite interesting because it was about Jeff Johns because he created Stargirl yeah. in comics. Are you um, going to say the sad thing now? Am I going to cry now? I am uh, going to say the sad thing it now. It is the yeah. sad thing. Okay. Yeah. So that the sad he, thing. he based the character on his younger sister who died in a plane crash. Yeah. Which I I didn't know at all. Like I say, I, I used to read bits of Justice Society, but I was more Justice League than JSA, and I didn't know that at all. But I even read that they put a photo of his sister in that first episode. Did they? So oh. it's a tiny Easter egg, but they said near the beginning where she, I think it's where she's packing up to move, and they do a pan shot across a load of photos. Yeah. So you get an idea of her backstory and stuff she's done in schools. And there's a picture of, of her and a girl, I think. That's how they put it. And... Jeff John's sister is pictured as um, Stargirl's younger sister in the show. And that's, so now she's been tied into, but it also, Jeff Johns was saying in an interview that he, you know, he fully accepts that he's really protective over Stargirl Mm -hmm. and how she's represented in comic or TV, which is why Mm -hmm. he's a big part of the TV show. I think he's the showrunner. Yeah. So he has a lot to say about how she's represented in the show and everywhere and what, how her mannerisms and what she says and yeah. and things like that. I which... could have done with her being a little less annoying and brattish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a long, I was a long time liking her. To yeah. her through like the first half of the episode, I was going about, can we make this about somebody else, please? <laughs> well, I, see, I said a similar thing to Rich because, and the problem for me was the fact that she seemed to flip between mm. characters. Mm. So like, 
there's a there's a bit where she's at a table and one of some new like some girls getting bullied. She's never met her before because she's new to the school and it's her first day. Mm. And she tells the bullies to like back the fuck off. Not not with swearing, obviously. <laughs> um, and so not you quite. think, oh yeah, I like her. She's going to stand up for the little guy and she's you know she's going to be nice and kind. But then in the literally the next scene, she's having a go at her stepdad who seems like the loveliest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah. like. How fucking dare you replace my dad who went missing ten fucking years ago and we haven't heard from him since and nobody who, knows who he yeah, is, but I'm putting him on a pedestal for no reason. Four, like four times in a life. Oh Jesus. my god. She was five when he disappeared. I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday, so there's a hundred percent no way I would remember anything that happened when I was only five. Uh <laughs> It's amazing how much these shows pull the father away, or yeah. sometimes the mum. But oh, you always have to get rid of the parents. You have to get rid of to do something with the parents because I did the same thing in Supergirl, really, yeah. and Superman, obviously, but in Supergirl with um, Dean Cain's character, the stepfather to Supergirl, mm. and I'm up to date on. Well, I'm almost in. I'm up to date almost in the UK on Supergirl. I'm an episode behind. I haven't watched one yet, and I still do like it, but it is starting to piss me off. <laughs> yeah, I. I sort of stopped with all the CW stuff now. I, I think, kind of drift, drifted away from it. The um, thing is, I just I really enjoyed Crisis, and I thought that yeah. was great. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. I did enjoy, and I do like. I think John Cryer is Lex Luthor, <laughs> but I'm really pissed off that they kept him in Supergirl for a season, and they have fucked over Lena and everything. And I just mm. it's not been enjoyable mm. much. I'm just getting a bit bored of things, and and now of course. Um, the actress Melissa Benoist is her surname. Yeah, she's pregnant, so I love to know. I think they're counting their blessings. They've gone into shutdown because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. That she can get through the pregnancy because oh, it's yeah, going. There you go. There's a whole new conspiracy. because yeah. uh... it's gone on hiatus anyway. Because in America, they've just yeah. shown the season finale. So oh, has has that been affected by the COVID thing as well? Because me and Rich watched an episode of The Flash the other day that is now technically the season finale, but it actually isn't the end of a season at all. Even it's not even close to rounding anything up. Yeah. Or, doing, or, or cliffhanging like it's, it's really weird i wonder if they're doing like they did during the writer's strike and that and they've just half the season because they've got mm-hmm. nothing else filmed or nothing ready they can't put it out but it's like i still enjoy watching legends and i know they know what their show is and so they can push the envelope and be really silly and daft but i'm getting very bored of the john constantine shit all the time yeah, it, i it, love it, john constantine me. shut your mouth no no no. i like him as a character but i think this isn't the john constantine show give him his own tv show again and take him out of legends well, yeah because mm-hmm. his own tv show was really fucking good yeah it was. yeah, uh, yeah it kind of yeah that the yeah with legend that was the last one i stuck with legends yeah. And I was enjoying it, and then it sort of lost track of what it was for me anyway. Yeah. And Although it, they, they went into the silly, which I really enjoyed. They realised, yeah. oh, the stupider we get, the more fun it is, the better it is. And that's But then great. they just got away from the whole DC yeah. Universe stuff completely, and it became its own. It, they just went so much, so much into magic and John Constantine. And as much as I love that actor and what he does with the character, it's like, but this isn't, this isn't Legends. Yeah, and it stopped being about a core group and having Sarah as the lead. And now she's the last few episodes I've watched, she's not really been around, and others are taking the lead. And it's all about Constantine. It's like, fuck's sake! Mm. <laughs> I'm only watching Flash now, and I cannot tell you for why. I tell a lie. I tell a lie. I also watch Batwoman, and I don't know why I watch either. No, you see, I'm um, Batwoman as well, though. Well, Bat- 
that woman's an interesting one to me yeah. because I really want to like it, and me there is a lot to like there. Yep. But uh, she's not a very good actress, and it doesn't no, help. Oh, I've got to say, I was a bit relieved when they said she was leaving at the end of, of this series because. I- I feel like they need to get somebody in who can at least be on a par with the bird who plays Alice because she's very good at what she's she doing. She is. And this is her return to DC Universe as well because yeah. she played Canary in Birds of Prey. Ah. Oh, um, know that. Yeah, she basically she was Diana Lance or their variation of her mm. in um, Birds of Prey because yeah. I knew I recognised her and I couldn't. Oh, I know who she was. Yeah, I had to IMDb her to figure out where the hell I knew her from, and that's it. She was, um, but I, this is just it. I think Batwoman can be brilliant, and I love the costume. I think the costume's great, and it's dark, and it's gritty, and I like that because it should be, and I loved the comic when it started. But she's just, she's not a strong enough actress to, every now and then she had a glimmer that she might be. Yeah, she she has her moments, but she's kind of one note. Yeah. I still think the best role she did was in, John Wick. John Wick, yeah. yeah. Do you know, I've watched all three and I don't remember her in it. <laughs> fantastic. She was fantastic in John Wick. I have a thing about her in the sense of I feel the same way about her as I did about Val Kilmer as Batman. I think mm. I think they're great as being Batman and Batwoman, terrible as being Bruce Wayne and Kate Kane. Mm. I yeah. just don't think she's got an emotional range, so she no. can do the tough hard like yeah, yeah, go yeah. into a fight and kick the shit out of you and intimidate yeah. you um yeah. and she's very good at flirting i've not that like yeah, <laughs> yeah she's very good at that part but any scene where she has to, yeah i mean i watched the, the episode i was watching yesterday there was a scene where she had to cry and it looked literally like somebody like had to creep in and put like a droplet on her cheek and run out of the shop because yeah. it because it's like it's so like she's not she's 100 percent not crying you um, can tell yeah. uh, and i don't like the bird who plays mary very much at all she's very irritating and i, I hate the storyline with her dad i hate the storyline with her dad it doesn't make any fucking sense so the dad is annoying i don't like her ex-girlfriend because i don't think she's particularly good but i don't think it's her i think it's her the writing for her yes because they've gone she's british so let's make a yeah. call everybody love even though i don't know anybody under the age of like 45 who does that i call people love <laughs> <laughs> well, I stand corrected. Um, well, yeah, I'm, like, I'm over 45. So. It's I'm like a, one of those yeah. ones to me where they go, I don't know, she's British, so just like pepper in the word love and the word bollocks, and that will yeah. do. That's British, that. Oh, what do you mean? Exactly um, like about Higgins in, in Magnum. Yeah, you she, could see, I, I don't know if it, this is what happens, but it seems to me like the writers put a load of stuff in, and then I get the feeling that she actually goes, no, people. Yeah, we don't do that. Say that. <laughs> and because there seems to be a lot of English slang, proper English slang, and stuff yeah. like that in there. Um, but it might be the writers are just very aware of like you know British culture, but that's I think a bit it's better. the British actors telling them. Yeah. But in um, that woman, do you mean Pennyworth, Alfred's daughter or granddaughter? Yeah, yeah. I mean the one that's one of the um, oh the other ex. Yeah, the other ex. It's like a thousand exes. Yeah. Um, What's her name? Is it Sophie or? Sophia, something like that. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. She's one of the crows. That's it. I was going to say hawks, but I meant crows. Mm. She's one of the crows, and she's kind of annoying as well. But then that whole thing is... I have been reading interesting debates, and I'm interested to know what you two think. But there is... Because um, CWDC has said that they will hire another actress who is a part of the LGBT community. Mm. And it has rekindled the debate of should it be a gay woman to play the role because the character is gay or is that discrimination? 
because as an actor, a straight person can play a gay character. And so should it just be a job that go to the best person who auditions? Yeah, as a straight person, I feel like I don't really get a vote, and that's <laughs> that's acceptable. That's mm-hmm. fine. I think all th- this is this is this is my basically blanket kind of feeling about the whole actor. Who, you know, I think all things being equal, anybody should be able to play anything. Yeah. Right? Men should be able to play women. Women should be able to play men. Whatever. Things aren't equal though. So until exactly. they are, yeah. I think it, it 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 then you should look at what you say. There's no real reason why you know a gay. It's, it's okay for a gay actor to play a straight character, but I think that I think things aren't equal. Then you know the the the, the statements have to be made. And kind of, I think if if the if the ship's off course, if we're drifting, then sometimes you have to oversteer to correct. Mm-hmm. So ten years in the future, it might be uh, things might be in such a place where we can just go, hey, remember when we were all uptight about whether you know gay actors should play gay roles or not? Mm-hmm. You know, but we're not there yet. So yeah. my feeling is, yeah, it doesn't hurt, and it probably does some good to have um, gay actors play gay, gay characters. Yeah, uh, because yeah. we've had decades of straight actors playing, playing everything. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt to just go, okay, we've had enough of that now. So let's let's have a few years where we just, you know, we make this a thing. I think yeah. that. I think that's okay. It's I'm like the whole of, thing. Sorry, go on. I say, I say it's like when the BBC said, when we have panel shows, there's got to be at least one woman yeah. on, the, on the panel. For a while, that seemed weird and desperate and kind of box ticking and stuff like that. But eventually, it becomes weird when you see it the other way, when you watch an old episode of QI and it's an old male mm. panel, yeah. and then you realise, okay, that's, that's strange, and you do need that kind of – it helps to have that voice there. Yeah. Or, or uh, you know, uh, and that kind of, and because and then you, you you adjust to it, and you go, no, we need to be shoved. Sometimes you need to be shoved in the right direction in order yeah. to course correct, yeah. if that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh-huh. So I've sometimes got... it does seem unfair and kind of silly, but it's even if it is an overcorrection, that's the only way to get back on course. You have to sometimes go and do something that's too far or stupid or ridiculous to get to a normal the happy medium Mm. i've just got a real problem with this this whole idea of like well if we specify that it needs to be a member of the lgbtq plus community then you know how do we know we're getting the best actor like shouldn't it be the best actor gets it why are we implying that that entire umbrella of a shit ton of people has not one quality actress yeah yeah, like like, what is the insinuation there yeah, it's like, well, you know, especially when you've got some of the greatest actors in history have been gay, whether they were out at the time or not. You know, you know, it's like, it's almost like you go back and then you realise basically fucking 70% of Hollywood was gay back in the golden age. Mm. But they couldn't say, they, they couldn't come out. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, that, that kind of, well, the best actors to get the role. Yeah, so let's fucking pick one. You know, there's not just one best actor. There's, there's there's going to be a, a squillion, so let's pick one, and it doesn't hurt then if we can find one who's who's LGBT. So I was having this conversation with somebody once when we were having a bit of a rant about the fact that 
and this is going to sound really horrible, about the fact that Idris Elba kept getting a lot of jobs. Because yeah. I've got no problem with Idris Elba. I think he's a fantastic actor and I think he's really good. But it seemed a lot of the time, to me anyway, that it was like a case of uh, we could do with a black guy, let's get Idris Elba, as though yeah. there are no other good black actors. And yeah, then that's... Black Panther comes out and it's like, yeah. look at this fucking plethora yeah. of, of talent that nobody's been dipping into. Like, what in the actual fuck are you do? You know, like yeah. I say... No shade to Idris Elba at all. I think he's fantastic, and I abs- I could listen to him read the phone book. I love his voice so goddamn much. Mm. But like, yeah, Apart this, this the idea that it's like they are, aren't they? But he does look good in that sweater. So you know, swings, <laughs> and, swings and roundabouts. Um, but like, yeah, just this, just this idea that it's like, oh well, you know, we don't know if we'll find the best actor for the job yeah. if we go into this, you know, singular pool, as though there's like one or two it, it does, good black it, actors. It, it, it does, it does imply that the best actor isn't going to be in that pool anyway. Yeah. But um. But yeah. That, yeah. The Idris Elba thing. That's that's the that's one that kind of crawled up my ass a bit when when anybody like back when you know uh, Doctor Who was going to be recast. Oh. Everybody it ought to be you know um, a black actor for a change, and it ought to be Idris Elba. Or they were casting James Bond. Oh, it ought to be Idris Elba. I'm thinking there are more black actors than Idris Elba. Mm. Can, we, can we at least look at other black actors who might fit the role of Bond? I don't think Idris I like, and I really like Idris Elba. I don't think he strikes me as a Bond particularly. He doesn't strike me as a Doctor Who particularly. Mm. But there, there are other ones who would, you know. So, I, mm. so it was just kind of think. Well, can you? You know, I'm, I'm sure they'd cast if they were. You know, when they would come to to cast Mary Poppins, there were people going, "Well, what about Idris Elba?" <laughs> you know, so it would look, look good but, in that hat. Let's not be available. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do find that the CW does hasn't done strides, hasn't done massive strides in its casting, but it has done quite well with the LGBT community in some areas. I mean, it has done in both Legends and in Supergirl. Yeah, they've, they've done really well in. in I mean, other, Dreamer. My problem, my problem is the writing tends to get a bit. Yeah, it does. But I mean, in they, Supergirl, they lose you, the gas. in Supergirl, you've got a character, a Dreamer, who is a trans character and a trans actress playing the character mm. as well. So I don't have huge amounts of interest about who they cast to play the role, to be honest. I just find it a really interesting debate to follow sometimes. I think even even if it's just, I don't want to use the phrase stunt casting, but you know what I mean? If it's just to get attention, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing mm. automatically. I, I, think think, I, I think it, it, it can help. You know, it, if, you, if you're being loud about it, that can help with, you know, representation and that kind of stuff. I think there's a difference between representation and tokenism, you know? And I, I, it, it wasn't yeah, something I think it's like tokenism. When they, they'll I cast somebody who's, you know, gay or, or black or trans or something and then don't use that character. It's almost like they're literally just there to tick a box. Well, this is where I start to have problems with Glee in its later years because then it just felt like that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of checking boxes and, and all those, that's like you just say, that kind of thing. Um, because they put lots of characters in and lots of characters didn't always get much screen time apart yeah. from, apart from when it was a story that seemed to be about who that person was or where that person f- fitted into a box. Then, yeah. then they'd come back to the forefront again. I say it's, it's all well and good populating a diverse cast, but if you're still only going to really write for the, the, you know, the white straight male Mm. characters mm. then you don't get points for that i mean i you know 
I hope they can find another actress to play the role so mm. that it doesn't end the series, but they need to sort the writing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I find that, that's, but that's a problem across the whole. I've just yeah. got to a point where I think, you know, the, the CW shows tend to start off well and then drift for me, like Flash went completely off the rails when they discovered time travel. Mm. <laughs> Once they did the time travel thing, then it became a time travel show. They've completely forgot about the guy running fast yeah. stuff. It just became a time travel show. And like it was like three seasons in, I went, okay, we're still doing the time travel storylines? Mm. And I thought, yeah, I think I just, I just don't want to be the guy who watches a show and bitches about it on Twitter every week. And I was find, finding I was doing that a lot with The Flash. Yeah. And you think at some point you have to... It's like a bad relationship. At some point, you have to realise that when it was good, that's in the past, and it's not going to go back there anymore. Yeah. See, you know I, I mean? think I think for Rich and I, watching the Flash is like our way to like vent things. Because <laughs> <laughs> like when Therapy. we when we sit and watch the Flash together, we're like, why the fuck would he do that? Like, why would he do that? That is so stupid. Or like, why wouldn't he do this? Why is she doing that? <laughs> like, and, and we get to like let a bit of our punchiness out without. Um, you know, without having to like actually have an argument with each other or our friends. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying, you've got real issues within your marriage and oh. can't deal with those. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, wow. I will say, hand on heart, that me and Rich, I think, might be the best couple in the world because we <laughs> haven't had a single fucking argument since this shit kicked off. I don't know if you've heard that like divorce rates in China oh. are like skyrocketing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, since, I've, got, uh, I've got. Three friends, four friends who are going through serious relationship shit at the oh, moment. Yeah, I've had one, one or two one friends. they're working through. The others are like basically just see. I've basically told me they they're done, and it's kind of waiting the clock out on the on quarantine before Can't. they can. And you're just thinking that's not going to be a fun place to be. No, see, I'm in a position where, like, I consider myself super lucky. Where, like, if I didn't have Rich, I'd be going mad uh, than I am. But like, uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how either of us would be getting through this without the other, but, um, yeah, we literally just haven't. Yeah, we've been great. <laughs> it's been great. If this is like, you know, the universe testing people's relationships, I think we've passed. Nice. <laughs> well, that's like, good. Flash hasn't, though. Shit. No. <laughs> well, I think, like, one last thing about that woman, and it's not even the, the TV show's fault. This is E4 being fucking useless so because e4 bought the series and sky somehow lost out the fucking idiots so the last episode on e4 this week was a terrible scene actually of kate kane walking into an interview room because her father's just been arrested for murder (laughs) and she's just like i hate her i hate her i thought that's just terrible acting but it was the post-credit scene because it was the post-credit scene that kicks off crisis yeah and i thought to myself why didn't someone at e4 edit that bit out yeah because unless the poor buggers are gonna have got sky and seen all of the rest of crisis already mm. or streamed it like <laughs> that's others gonna go have done, they've got fuck all idea of what that who that guy yeah. is and what i mean that, that was christmas that was a yeah. long time ago yeah so i just fucking e4 idiots yeah it's it is just a bizarre it's a, it's a it's a weird situation that somebody didn't go oh why haven't we bought this with the rest yeah you know you think if they're if you're getting all of those you know yeah it's just yeah fucking stupid because sky has two nights of the cw shows basically mm. two, two or three nights something like that of each of the shows running one after the other and then e4 sunday <laughs> there's batwoman at nine o'clock <laughs> yeah i mean it was just basically just yeah, they might as well just put an advert up at Christmas going, please pirate the Batwoman yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to make any do. sense. 
It's the only way I managed to watch it all. Yeah, I was going to say, to be honest, I don't blame people for that because you can't have a crossover, but like half of the world can't watch a portion of it. No. Yeah. Like that's not how a crossover works. Yeah. What, what annoyed me as well is it's not like the episodes, although they are various, the various series, Supergirl and Flash and stuff like that. It's basically a mini series called Crisis on Infinite Earth that fills those slots. They're not mm. actually, you know, oh, yeah, it's not like yet. a specific Batwoman no, episode. So, no. Why didn't they, why weren't they solve the package anyway? It just seems like a, like, like they took the weirdest oh, route, you know, yeah. the, when they were selling them or whoever it was, you know, um, Warner Brothers, when they were selling it, you'd think you'd sell it as a package. Those, those five episodes or whatever it was, you think you'd, you'd sell those as a package because it's yeah. like a mini series. Just one within box. the series, yeah, yeah, mental. So you don't, you know, you don't have like, you don't even have the like the title sequences for the individual series. It's, no, it's, you don't. It's, it's all crosses. Yeah. Can I talk to you about a film that I hated? <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, oh, are we? Yeah, okay. Is this the one you had the massive thing about on on Mata? Oh God, was it? What film was that? I don't even remember. Uh, Visitor Q. Oh no, I don't. I don't want anybody to even know that I've watched that because I feel dirty about it. Feel feel instantaneous regret about having watched Visitor Q. Now, this is a film I watched the other day called How to Build a Girl. I don't know if either of you have. Oh, I think I might have seen that. Okay, so it's based on a Caitlin Moran semi-autobiographical book, and it is about uh, like a 15, 16 year old girl who sets her sights on becoming a music critic and. Uh, it all sort of spirals from there. And so I quite like Caitlin Moran. I think she's a pretty good writer. And uh, the, the titular person, the, the, the titular girl in it is played by Beanie Feldstein, who I also really like. Um, she was in Booksmart, which was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, do you know what? That sounds like a recipe for a good film time. Oh, my God. It's so dreadful. So thing number one, just a thing that I just cannot get over to even begin to enjoy the film. B.B. Feldstein is, I think, in her late 20s, and she's playing a 16-year-old. And mm. I can I can actually sort of buy it somehow. Like, I don't know how she's managed it, but, you know, good on her, whatever. She's trying. She's, she's American. She's trying a Wolverhampton accent. God. And it is bad. And now I... I'm not, I'm not from Wolverhampton, I'm from Birmingham, and my accent, I know, is different to uh, a Wolverhampton accent, but I know a lot of people from sort of these regions, this yeah. area. I don't think I've ever met anybody who speaks as though they're asking a question after everything they say. Which is mm. how Americans talk. But did yeah. you did you read about how she actually came over to Wolverhampton and worked there in local shops for like three months to try and grasp and get oh. the accent? God, and it's yeah. still that bad. Wow. Yeah. I was reading. I was reading about it in um, either Empire or Total Film just at the weekend. Oh, I haven't it's... seen it, but that's right. Yeah, but when I hear stories like that, I go, I go, yeah, but did they though? I know, but right? Really? <laughs> did they though? Yeah. You, you or is that to... just something you're putting out there? Yeah. As, as a because that's like a, an interesting thing. Yeah. To, to, a, to, to say. Yeah. You know? Good hook. Really? Was she in sketches or, oh, or I, d- I don't I hundred percent don't believe she was because if she was then there's then she eats she clearly wasn't listening. because uh, <laughs> ev- everything she says is kind of phrased like a question and uh and and she doesn't ever say yeah or am or those sort of black country things mm. but she's constantly asking questions when she's not asking questions. But I thought, do you know what? 
try, try and gloss over that. Let's try and enjoy this movie. And it starts off, and she seems like a sort of bookish, fairly quiet, you know, girl who's she hasn't really got friends at school. And I thought, God, it's a film about me. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. Am I going to get fucking attacked by this movie? Thankfully, no, because it almost immediately goes off the rails. She decides she wants to become a music critic, even though she doesn't seem to have any interest in music whatsoever. And neither does apparently anybody involved in the making of this film, because there is a shocking lack of any good songs anywhere in it, yeah. except for a very brief moment when she's at a Manic Street Preachers gig. And if, uh, you know, I think even that's pushing <laughs> the boundaries of good. But it's it's basically a film about how like a sixteen year old girl goes completely off the rails. She dons this like pers- this new personality called like I think it was like Dolly Wild or Dotty Wild or something like that. And she puts a top hat on and that becomes her personality. I'm the girl who wears a top hat and a corset. That's the girl I am now. And uh, and all of a sudden everybody loves her because she's writing these like scathing reviews of people's noses even though that's got nothing to do with music so basically she goes from being what seemed like a fairly quiet nice girl to being a massive cunt like a huge gaping cunt just a horrible horrible person just having sex with everybody even though she's only 15 16 in this movie Mm. like grown adult ass men are sexing on her and nobody seems to fucking care and she's drinking and she's smoking and she's gone off the rails and she's upset her family but like she's having a go at them because she's bringing in the money and they're like a poor wolverhampton family so you Mm. know you've got to love her now because she's paying for their i don't know dinner or whatever (laughs) she's just like you're an arsehole. Anyway, by the end of the movie, she realises she's an arsehole. And so she just puts on a dress and goes to see Emma Thompson and goes, can I write for you instead? And Emma Thompson's like, of course you can. 16-year-old girl, get on my payroll. What? Uh, it's just, it is just a movie about dickheads being dickheads. Yeah, yeah. And it's full of some of the most cringeworthy dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Like, at one point, she calls herself a lusketeer. <laughs> a lusketeer. Let me just... Lustketeer. Just wrap your head around around the kind of person that would wear a top hat and call herself a lustketeer. Mm. Um, do you know that this has got an 80% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes? She's right off. No, shit right off. With an average rating of 6.49 out of 10, the site's critical consensus reads, led by Beanie Feldstein's charming performance, How to Build a Girl puts a disarmingly earnest spin on the familiar coming-of-age comedy formula. And Anne Hornaday, brilliant surname, (laughs) of the Washington Post wrote, to every girl who watched Almost Famous and High Fidelity and bears the scars of trying to shoehorn her inner self into the male protagonist's cramped psyche, how to build a girl arrives like a soothing, if imperfect, balm. No, right. And I'll tell you for why. <laughs> I will tell you for why. Right. The thing about this film is that if you are going to do a coming-of-age story where the main character becomes a dickhead for a large part of the film, she has to be somebody you sympathise with to begin with. Mm. You have to like her. You have to empathise with the fact that she wants to get in with the in-crowd at school and she wants to be cool and she wants to help her family with money. This movie does none of that. What it does is it goes from zero to a 100 in like 10 seconds, spends the majority of the movie in engrossed in the section where she's horrible like her brother comes out to her in this movie and her response is 
I've got better things to be talking about, mate, and then walks into her classroom and everybody starts cheering her because she's won this arsehole of the year award. That's not how schools work either, mm. I've got to say. I think, you know, as, as somebody who was like a bookish person who got very bullied, winning an award for anything does not get you less bullied or mm. and more yeah. friends. It just means people go, fuck off, Stace, even more. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia thought so much of this film that its premise, they managed to write the entire premise in one sentence. Go on. The film follows the growth of Joanna Morrigan, starting as a teenager living with her working class family on a council estate in Wolverhampton, England, as she becomes a popular but conflicted music journalist. Yeah, I mean, that is the film. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how it's written but shit. by... But shit. So it was written by Caitlin Moran originally. It's based on her book. I love how they just thought, Moran, oh, what can we change that to? Hmm. Morrigan. Yeah, that'll do. Fuck it. Do you know what annoys the shit out of me as well? Mm. I don't believe anybody in Wolverhampton is called Joanna with a H that everybody no. pronounces. In this movie, everybody calls her Johanna. No, yeah. they wouldn't do that. I can't believe it. <laughs> I just, I just hate. They it wouldn't so go much. past Joe, frankly. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, I was, I was, I was talking to Rich just before we started because I went through my list of things that I've been watching that I wanted to talk about, and I was going to try really hard to be super positive this episode because I thought, you know what, the world's in a bit of a state. Everybody wants to have a laugh. Let's talk about. Let's recommend some good things, some fun things, some heartfelt things, but uplifting things. And then I looked through my list and I realised I have watched a metric shit ton of crap for the past like two months. Yeah. And it's and it's I'm going to partly blame it on Rich because he's doing his <laughs> no, hear me out. He's doing he's doing a film a day thing where he wants to do the equivalent of watching one movie per day for the year. So he's yeah. but it's got to be a movie he's never seen before. Now mm-hmm. he's on track to do to finish this by about September, <laughs> but he's still playing on with with just picking random shite off of Netflix. But so we've watched like I've watched Visitor Q, which I hated. Uh, yesterday we watched like a. A Stallone movie that just appeared on Netflix that I've never heard of before, but it's from 2002. That might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. Well, just... there's, a, there's a good reason, you know, that you'd never heard of it. I think that kind of <laughs> stuff. Where you, you have to remember, Netflix is the new straight to video. Although yeah. there's a lot of good stuff on there and stuff they'll they'll originate that's good. It's also that's where the shit gets sent. Yeah, it's... you know, and there's a lot of stuff you watch that and you go, yeah, I can see why this didn't get the cinema release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have either of you seen um, Scoob? <laughs> no. No. I haven't. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Do you want to? Because if you want to, I might not do my review. <laughs> I, I was, I was, yeah, go for it. I was, I mean, I was I'm intrigued. I was, but... was going to take my nieces or my nephew to go and see it. But um, I'm intrigued, but I'm not hopeful. Basically. Okay. Well, I would say I think kids will probably enjoy it. Like, it's yeah. fun, it's colourful, it's a bit silly, there's some stupid jokes, like, fine. But if you are a person who enjoys old school Scooby-Doo, you probably will not like it. Yeah. There are several reasons. The biggest, glaringest one to me is that the voice cast is possibly the most dullest of dull that ever dulled. Yeah. I don't understand why. I mean, I get why they can't get the original voice actors for the most part. Um, Totally understand that. But I don't get why they would not go for Matthew Lillard who yeah. does a very good mm. shaggy. Oh, Instead yeah, he's, th- he's the main shag now. Yeah, um, they've actually replaced him with Will Forte, who ordinarily I love, but is not shaggy, cannot do mm-hmm. shaggy, even a tiny bit of justice. Fred is played by Zac Efron, who the fuck cares. 
the most generic American man voice yeah. you could possibly yeah. ask this is, for. This is, this is, and I know you'll, you'll get behind this, is just because someone's a good actor doesn't mean they're a good voice actor. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, because, I mean, I know they did, like, like the DC movies got some big names in to do a lot of their big, you know, like they got um, Peter Weller to do Dark Knight. Now, I love Peter Weller, but he's a dreadful, as a voice actor, he's no good. <laughs> Because he's a monotone. I might There's no be. expression in his voice at all. And I might be on my own here, but I'm not overly keen on Rosario Dawson as Wonder Woman either. See, yeah, I'm kind of... Cause, cause I, re- I mean, I really fancy <laughs> Rosario Dawson. I think and she's lovely really and she's a great actress, but, but I'm not yeah. keen on her as Wonder Woman. But yeah. the actress who, the voice actress who played Wonder Woman in Justice League, um, yeah. Unlimited and all that. Yeah. Oh, but No. <laughs> Yeah, or, or um, what's it? What's, I can't think what her name is. Who played her in the in the in the first animated movie? Oh. I know it's Susan Eisenberg who plays her in the TV show. That's right. Yeah, it was. Oh, I can't think what her name is now. Uh, but yeah, but anyway, she was good. She she was in a sitcom called Felicity, and she did a lot of JJ Abrams stuff. Mm. But she was really good. But she, yeah, so she was good in that. But yeah, uh, like I said, I do, I do, I can't get past the fact that I just love. Um, Rosario Dawson. So yeah. while I kind of agree, I also want to slap your face and go. No, I think <laughs> <laughs> I do really like her, though. That's the sad thing about it. I think yeah. she's a great actor. I loved her in Daredevil and across that Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because her character of Claire in that was amazing. I love. I I I uh, listened to her do an audio book. Mm. It was um, oh Christ, what's it called? It was Artemis. You oh know, yeah. By Andy Weir, did yeah. who wrote The Martian, and she did the audio book. And I thought this is going to be like pornography. This is going to be fantastic having Rosario Dawson whispering in my ear for nine hours <laughs> or whatever it is. But it's just kind of like, no, yeah, no, no. But she, she's okay. It's good. It's like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put it with, you know, Rosario Dawson talking in yeah. my ear. But then she does accents, um, uh, uh, and they're dreadful. Uh, uh she does a, does a, like an English accent at one point. Oh dear. And it's just horrendous. And you just go, no. As we're talking about uh, voiceovers and voice acting, have you watched Taika Waititi's uh, reading of James and the Giant Peach? It's no. on YouTube. Okay, so parts one and two are out. He's reading the entirety of James and the Giant Peach, but he's also called in a load of A-list celebrities, which include the Hemsworth brothers, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch, so many, and they're all on sort of Zoom. Um, so episode one was um, the, the Hemworth brothers and another actor who I didn't actually know who he was, but he was very good and funny. And then the second part was Meryl Streep and Benedict Cumberbatch. And honestly, Meryl Streep's accent as one of the horrible aunts mm. was one of my favourite things about it. <laughs> and not only is Taika Waititi often uh, narrating as well as doing voices for James and that, but he's also doing sound effects by the side of him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny. Um, it sounds like a throwback to Jack and Ori. A little bit, but they're doing it as a fundraiser as well. Yeah. So you watch and then you just have, you know, they just ask if you can donate. Yeah. Um, they're only about 17 minutes, 17, 20 minutes long apart so far. I highly yeah. recommend you give it a go. Well, um, there's a lot of cool stuff on YouTube at the minute. Yeah. Uh, there's like the National Theatres putting on free yeah. shows, which I've, I've been really enjoying. That's a fantastic Frankenstein one was was brilliant, and there's a good um, Gillian Anderson's in one. Yes, um, this Streetcar week. is Streetcar. coming. Streetcar, 
Yeah, Isn't I'm hoping they put yeah. All About Eve up. Now, I read an interesting article on the BBC website on their entertainment and arts from the playwright Akiaborn, mm. that's his surname, I think. And he was having a, I don't think it's fair to say he was really having a go, but he was basically just saying that live theatre is not to be streamed because otherwise, what's the point in having theatre? You might just as well be home watching a TV show. You've turned it into a TV show. And I thought, I understand what you're saying, but we can't go to the theatre. Yeah, that's the well point, right now. The point, mate. <laughs> and by doing this, you're keeping people invested in theatre, and you're yeah. introducing people that have never gone exactly. to the theatre. Exactly, you're showing people what it's not the same, but you're showing people what it's like. What I mean, I've like. been to the theatre and stuff. I I know the difference, and, yeah. but it gives you like the taste of it. Like exactly. Weirdly, I got into ballet last year, right? Yeah, so, I'm by that one. <laughs> so I went to see a ballet, realised I fucking loved it, and I've watched ballets like on on YouTube and DVD and stuff. And yeah, it's not the same, mm. but it, you get to at least it's the next best thing. Yes, you know, quite. it's it's yeah. it's one step down, and at least introduce you to what you can expect to see. Yeah, in the live performance, and like I mean, I mean, it's bu- that's a bullshit argument, really, because we've all got like stand up comedy gigs on mm. dvd we all watch those or watch yeah. them on tv yeah. now it doesn't replace a live gig but you know you can still watch you can still watch and enjoy it and enjoy yeah. the atmosphere and even though he agreed yes that there are those that are watching it as part of streaming parties you know everyone's watching it together as a via zoom or something or whatever um but it's trying to express that the atmosphere is not there and it's not the same it's like but we know it's not the same well, of course it's not no, but you're expecting you know? it to be the no same. But it's like, it's, like saying, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's nice that the astronauts take up cameras and shit, but it's not like being an astronaut yourself. Well, of course it's not. It's no, not going to exactly. be the same. But we can't all do that. But so, we're also, you know, these people that are releasing these theatre productions to us is also great because it's like when they start putting it into the cinemas. Mm. Not all of us can afford to spend upwards of £80 yeah, yeah, yeah. to get to London to see a play or a yeah. musical. So to put them on screen that's accessible to everyone, and especially right now, because I don't, they're not charging for the YouTube screenings, are they? No, it's, it's, no. it's like the fundraiser, but you kind of, it's a voluntary donation. Yeah, so you're basically getting a free performance. Yeah. You know, if you want to donate, that's wonderful. If you can afford to, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it's like, well, theatre's doing this, I would hope as well to keep everyone interested because the West End and regional theatres are also worried that the way that this virus is spreading, it's the same with cinemas. How can you bring people back in? Yeah, if you can hook people and go, okay, this is a nice experience. I wonder what it would be like to actually be there. That's that's what you want from the audience. You want people to to catch something that they wouldn't think they'd like. Like I watched, the the first one they put out was, I can't remember what the exact title name was, something like one guy, two governors or oh, something. Oh, it's, like yeah, um, it will come to me in a minute. Yeah. My, my friends are now rehearsing it. Uh, carry it, John. <laughs> and, and I didn't think I'd like that because it's, uh, oh, Christ, what's his name? James Corden. James Corden's in it. Yes. And I thought, I don't hate him as much as most people hate him, but I don't, I don't love him either, you know? But he was yeah. fantastic in it. I sort of, I started watching it going, oh, I'll give it 10 minutes. One and, man, two couples. There we go. And that's it. And after a few minutes, I was going, oh, I don't know about this. But then he came, and once he turned up, and we should get used to the fact, because it's very panto-ish, it's very broad mm. humour. Mm. His performance is astonishingly good. Yes. Uh, and I thought, well, that's, and that's like a, like a production I'd never heard of. And I thought, once I'd seen it, I thought, well, you know, I, I, I'd go and see that. 
Yeah. Because that, and just because you kind of you then you're introduced to something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's a point. You've got to get people interested and invested so they'll come back to the theatres yeah. once people feel safe that they can go back yeah. to the theatre because it's very hard to try and do you know two meter social distancing in a theatre. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. In a cinema, it's just not. Well, which are in a closed space. I don't think there is such a thing as it's just not possible. You know, you can't. <laughs> but then again, you can say the same thing about you know cinemas. You know, okay, yeah. you can watch it on DVD, but it's not the same as being. Well, no, it's not the same as being in the cinema. But unfortunately, they won't let you just go in and watch fucking exactly. Jaws at the cinema whenever you're in the mood. The so one, you have to watch it at home on your telly instead. The one thing I'm hoping that they do do is bring back the drive-in cinema. Mm. They're doing well, that. They are doing that. I had an email yeah. the other day about um, there's one that's coming to Birmingham in Excellent. July, I think, yeah. um, and it's all it's mostly 80s movies from what yeah. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I think well, um, are we, like are we, we I don't really have, have a fucking driving? car. <laughs> yeah, did we have, you know, was drive-in cinemas really ever a thing? Over? I don't remember. It, it was I, never I, a thing from my youth. Yeah, I, only no, do I, it from... I feel like it was a very American thing, possibly yeah. because they just want to make out in their cars. I don't know. Yeah. But it's something I would wholeheartedly embrace if I could drive. But unfortunately, I can't drive. So it depends on, you know, what the government advice is then about things like, could I get my friend Key to come round and pick up mm. me? And which can the three of us be in mm. his car? Like, how does that work? Or... Well, it, is, it is just so weird how everything spun around from being all like, you must car share. And all this kind of thing. Yeah. Don't car Got share. a hot desk. Can't one possibly have one desk only. each. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the one that gets me at work is literally that like the week or so before we went into lockdown there was a whole brouhaha about look we've got more staff than we've got desks now so people are going to have to start agile working you know move around work from home if somebody's not in take their desk and now it's like yeah don't touch anybody else's desk if you don't absolutely have to <laughs> yeah um so scoob uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. sorry that's all right that is all right. So the thing that the thing that bothered me the most about this film, quite apart from like the dreadful voice cast, was that it's uh, apparently it was it was being billed as the start of like a Hanna Barbera universe in movies, oh. and so what they did was it's it's Scooby crossed with a cartoon I've never seen, which involves superheroes, and I think one of them was Blue called Falcon. Blue Falcon. Yeah, played by Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Oh fuck that then. Mark Wahlberg, right. So it crosses over with that, and then the entire movie. There's no mystery. There's no. There's no. The gang works through clues. There's no peril. It is just a superhero film where they've gone. I guess Scooby Doo. <laughs> like, like, and it's not a good superhero film either. Like, none of it really makes any actual sense. That the, the plot thread is so fucking thin, so thin. Yeah. Ken Jong plays a flying dog, and it's weird <laughs> like i just yeah. i couldn't i could not at all get be dead and it's it's really annoying because the opening bit of the film was like how shaggy and scooby met when like shaggy was a kid and he was lonely and like scooby became was, his I best friend i thought that friend. was the whole premise i thought it was i like, thought that was the premise no that, that is no that is the opening 10 15 minutes tops oh, no. wow that trailer um, fucking lied yeah and that? then it cuts to the future and it's like how about the blue falcon and everybody's like um i guess <laughs> get the and i would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you pesky kids you do you do get one of those but it's okay. not a good one 
It's not good, because the the, the villain is Dick Dastardly. See, it sounds like it should be good. But it sounds terrible at the same time. I could could get behind that. Mm. But but also, the problem is, there's been a lot of really good Scooby-Doo stuff. I know this sounds dreadfully ridiculous, but there's been a lot of good... I mean, Mystery Incorporated was a fantastic series. I love series. that cartoon. A brilliant, brilliant series. And a lot of the, 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 the straight-to-DVD DVD movies were really good as well. Oh, scrappy. <laughs> yeah, fuck scrappy. But, um, really scrappy. But yeah, but that's what they said. You know, they had in stuff. But, um, but yeah, so it, it kind of annoys me that that's the one that got to the cinema. To be fair, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have high hopes for it. But, like, I was kind of like, okay, the Blue Falcon's in it. Okay, I can dig that. Yeah, and dig that's the bad guy. I can dig that, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll take your I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I mean, I, so I've got no relationship with the Blue Falcon, so maybe maybe you wouldn't dislike it as much as I did. <laughs> well, if but, Mark Wahlberg's in it, Mister Mister Heavy Breathing, then no. I just he's got to I me. Like he's got the personality of a limp leaf of lettuce. I don't know why you'd pick him. He's to a, be a yeah, he's exactly what I was saying. There's, if you just listen to like the soundtrack to any of his movies, he's such a monotone. There's nothing there at all. See, his there's... brother Donnie goes up and down all over the place. So it's just different. See, Donnie, I really like. Donnie's I like Donnie really a lot. I love Donnie. Donnie was fantastic in Band of Brothers, and he was in like a cop thing. I can't remember the name of. He's Donnie's really good. Yeah, he's um, he's still in Blue Bloods TV mm-hmm. series with Tom Selleck. It's really good in that. Yeah. Um, I've just seen something on Twitter that came out an hour ago that Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be screened. On okay. HBO Max next year. Oh, who cares? <laughs> I do. I, I do actually. I'd see it because I watched Justice League with the lowest of lowest basement. You know, care for it expectations. That's what I couldn't think of. Um, <laughs> well <done>. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I actually didn't mind it. See, I, I quite like it, but I, I like Zack Snyder anyway. I, I could watch. <laughs> I could watch Zack Snyder movies more than I could watch Scorsese movies. I, I. I've mm-hmm. said this before, but I, I, there's only like one or two Scorsese movies I've, I've managed to watch more than once. And both of those I've kind of had to go, well, I really want to give this another go. You know, like Goodfellas and, you know, Taxi Driver I watched a few times. Goodfellas but, is one of my favourites. I don't think he's a bad filmmaker. He just doesn't make films that speak to me at all. He's, he's clearly into stuff that I'm just not into. He's clearly into the life of crime and people who do that and kind of like the underbelly. And I, mm. I don't care for that at all. I, I sat through, what was it? The boxing one. Raging bull. The raging bullshit. Yeah. What's I that sat idea? through that just thinking, why are you making a film about this arsehole? <laughs> Surely there's more interesting people to make films about. Do you know, I, cause I'm going through a bit of a Scorsese thing, but it has slowed down a bit cause I had that essay to do. But I tried watching and I thought it might have been a mistake when I put it on because when it came out, it, it got massively slated. I tried watching Gangs of New York. Mm. <laughs> I quite like Gangs of New York, but not I, the way I think it was. <laughs> I a little bit longer than the last time I sort of tried watching it. And then I decided, no, this is just kind of shit. It's so weird. Like, it doesn't tonally make any sense at all, but I'm fascinated by I find myself mesmerised by that film. It's just so, like, it doesn't work at all, but I love it. It's a bit of a mess, and Leo DiCaprio in it looks like such a a boy in comparison to what he's like in 
The Wolf of Wall Street, which I really loved. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that I film. hated that film so much. <laughs> I hated so I much. hated Wolf of Wall Street so much. It's just you know, Leonardo DiCaprio gurning for an hour and a half, two hours, however the foot long that film I, I, hated I couldn't even <laughs> stick it out for what's the name's nude scene. And that was the only reason I was watching Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yes. I totally hung out for all of that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was just going, oh, come on, I've got to, I've got to, she's, she's nude, I've got to sit through this. But when it was she, so horrible and annoying and just not when, she, when she kicked the shit out of Leo though that was great the bit I didn't like actually was Matthew McConaughey's stupid beating of his chest shit that he apparently came up with on the day on set it was like what the fuck man yeah, I just, it's, I like, it's just a film about a subject I've got no interest in it and I was just shouting fuck off at all the way through yeah. it's just a film about cunts being cunty isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. basically yes just... it is yeah. 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 and I think he likes those he likes shitty people yeah uh, and he's fascinated by shitty people I, I, could, I could listen to I could listen to his um, commentaries all day I could listen to him talk about movies mm. all day he's fascinating he's a, to listen to he's, yeah because he's a massive you know like, cinephile yeah, he's a, he's a massive he's, and he knows his shit and he, his he, film history is amazing but I just he just doesn't make films I'm interested in at all I've still got Taxi Driver to watch because I haven't seen that I haven't seen Raging Ball but I've I've got, I've got them I just haven't got around to watching them yet so Raging Ball Taxi Driver and oh King of Comedy which I've heard yeah. not great things about but I, won't. <laughs> I, I just, have actually seen that I, yeah I've seen I that and I kind of I kind of liked it but I, I think it was when I was young I saw it when I was a teenager or something like that. I was kind of, it kind of, it, I kind of clicked with it a bit more than I would. Yeah. I was kind yeah. of, I had a lot it's, more patience back then. There's a lot more of, because we, you know, individually and together in our group, we talk a lot about films that we have and we haven't seen. And Lee is often aghast at what we have not seen. Mm. And that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but these are the sort of films that I hear so much about, especially during my MA right now um, for film studies. And I think I haven't seen it. I don't really know what they're talking about. So I'm slowly trying to build up um, to watch. I mean, I haven't watched The Departed yet either, and I'm told that's brilliant. So. Uh, <laughs> friend, what? No, watch the original, I think it's Hong Kong movie instead. Um, okay. Because I've got subtitles, because... It's got subtitles. That's, yeah, the... Oh, The Departed, I was kind of... Oh, I thought, okay, I'm going to watch that. And I just went, oh, fuck off, at the end. <laughs> Or, you know, I'll just watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again because I bloody love it. Mm. I still haven't seen that. God, I'm the worst. <sighs> I'm also the host. <laughs> um, what were we talking? We were talking about Justice League. No, the reason the, the reason why I said, like, I just don't care about the Zack Snyder version is the, the, that film was entirely garbage. Like, to me... At, I don't. I don't want to be that person who's like, no. If you like that film, you're a dickhead because like what you like. It just no. I want people to enjoy what they want to enjoy. I wish I enjoyed more things. I think I would be happier. <laughs> um, but like the Justice League, it would take like a gargantuan change in everything about the fucking film, except yeah, yeah, yeah. for Wonder mm. Woman, for me to enjoy. No, I get it. it. I, so I, I just it. don't understand the point. Yeah, of, if you like, don't enjoy the film, then you're not going to enjoy a director's cut. It's not going to change, make your change. You know, with anything, really, it's yeah. like, you know, if somebody said, oh, we've got a new version of Raging Bull, I'm going to go, yeah, but it's still going to be basically the same film about mm. the same guy that yeah. I'm not interested in. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I know 
like the original Daredevil movie. Now, the director's <laughs> cut of the original Daredevil movie is a far better movie, I think, than the, the, the A lot the of people say that. Uh, but I think if you don't like, if you hate Daredevil, there's not going to be that much different. It's not going to change your mind. I think it's a better film and I enjoy it. But you, if you hated Daredevil, you're not going to then go, oh, I fucking love this now. Like it's still basically think- the same film. Because I'd like to think I would have enjoyed Batman v Superman, and I watched the other cut of it, and it was still shit. Ooh. No, exactly. I, I see. I, I genuinely right, love that. The only version oh, of it. <laughs> the only good. The only good thing about it is about those three minutes of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Mm. Yeah. About the only good thing about it. I get the, it, uh, but I just don't agree. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I cannot stand what they did to Lois Lane in that movie. No. She is, she may as well have been a pot plant for all the personality she fucking has in that film. And I agree with I everyone think that had to go at said, wait, your mum's name is Martha as well. So is mine. Hold on. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what? That, just, that, that, that doesn't bother me so much. I think that's very, that's very comic booky. I think the problem with that scene is the fact that. The rest of the movie, aside from Jesse Eisenberg, is very much like, yeah, we're superheroes, but we're serious and we're gritty and, you know, we have to do the tough stuff to keep Mm. the city safe and blah. And then Jesse Eisenberg's fucking pantomiming all over the shop in the corner. Like, what movie are you? Even I don't like Jesse Eisenberg in that. (laughs) I I actually think he would have been great if the movie was more of a silly comic book for like more like batman 66 um even if it was more like the original uh superman movies you know christopher reeve style maybe yeah i, I just think he's just so hammy and yeah. the rest of the movie takes itself so seriously except yeah, for that martha he scene yeah, it doesn't, doesn't gel fit. it doesn't fit yeah he doesn't he doesn't fit in there at all i get what he's trying to do something different yeah. and he's trying to go for a kind of i get i totally get where they're coming from that it's like oh this is the modern villain which is like you know, you know, a hipster uh, millennial tech a hipster millen- Yeah, tech guy. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's you know, the Facebook dude and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. what it's about. And it's it's Trump. It's the bad hair and all that kind of stuff. I get it. It just doesn't it doesn't work and it doesn't it doesn't sit. And I and I don't like now. I, I really don't like where they save the the thing till the end that they should do at the start. So like he's got the floppy hair and and he's but we all know Lex Luthor's supposed to be bald. But they go no, we're going to do him with big floppy hair and then yeah. we're going to shave him bald at the end. And you go well, yeah. fuck, he should be bald right at the start. I don't I don't like that. But other than that, I I do I I will defend that movie. I enjoy it a lot. Um, um, speaking of Superman. Do you remember in Superman 3, Christopher Reeve, Superman 3, and that creepy fucking scene where the woman gets pulled into the computer stuff and covered in wires? Okay, so I'm signed on at work the other day, and they show us because what we really want to see is the updates of what our floor is like whilst it's being built. Yay. But they show us this section of the floor where there's loads of wiring being laid down. And as soon as I saw it, all I could picture was that fucking woman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which has freaked me out ever since. So I just had to leave a message with a picture of that. <laughs> anyway, so I was, yeah. <laughs> See, now, there you go. See, I still think Batman versus Superman is a better film than Superman 3. But there's a lot oh, of yeah, people, but... I did, depending what you, I think it's a better film than Superman 2, to be honest. And I'm not 100% on Superman the movie once Superman actually turns up. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, th- I I think it's also what you're kind of used to, and what, mm. see, the reason like Man of Steel and and Batman vs Superman works for me is because I I'm not particularly happy with the Christopher Reeve movies, the Donner movies. Mm. Those don't speak to me. I mean, they did when I was a kid, 
but I sort of grew past them and go, yeah, they are kind of ropey and they don't make sense and, and all that kind of stuff, you know? I've still got a lot of love for, for like the first two thirds of Superman the movie, but once like Lex Luthor turns up, it's like, okay, they've, they've just thrown it all away and it's all become like the Batman TV series now. But yeah, I think it's what you're used to. I mean, I remember when I saw, when I went to, and I saw Batman versus Superman, we'll get off this because we, I don't want to keep going about Batman versus Superman. But when I, I saw it at the cinema three times because Good I Lord, loved it that much. And then um, every time I went, there were kids in the audience who I thought, these are too young for this film. Uh, and they were loving it coming out. They were like, you know, going ape shit yeah. coming out. So I thought, well, you know, it speaks to, you know, because everyone's going, it's too dark. It should be for kids and all that. Well, these fucking kids are loving it. They they like the dark shit. They, you know. So I don't know. Also, you just have to go. Okay, it's not for you. It worked for me. It doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the the you know, the Justice League directors. I'm not rabid about seeing the Snyder Cut. I'm. I'd be really interested to see. It. I'm not expecting anything radically different. Mm. Uh, and I just think the whole reason he didn't do it in in the first place is just so fucking tragic. I don't even like talking about it yeah. you know so it's uh it's it's a weird thing to get all het up about because i'm like going yeah well you know there are there are worse things there are more important things that happened during the shooting of that film than that it got re-edited you know mm. but uh but yes yeah, so i'd be i'd be quite interested but I, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, at the same time anybody who, who didn't like it who then went to see it and then still didn't like it i'd go well of course you don't <laughs> what were you expecting? A completely different movie. I mean, knowing me, I probably will watch it anyway, just because I'm a dickhead like that. Like, I've got a million things that I need to watch mm. that are arguably a thousand percent more up my alley than the Snyder Cut of, of Justice League. But I am a nerd and a completionist and a dickhead, so <laughs> you know, um, it's those things that roll into one that are a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the amount of time we've been a waffling. And uh, I was going to do a new segment, you know, because the 107th episode is the time to bring in a new segment uh, <laughs> onto a show that doesn't have any segments. Yeah. But was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we do this new segment? No, I, no. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I tell you what I will mention, because we were talking about YouTube stuff for YouTube. Uh-huh. Mac, uh, Mac, um, Matt Berry has been doing... Um, Toast of London short on oh, YouTube. Oh, I love him. They are brilliant. They're just little five-minute phone calls, mostly little audio things that he's been doing during during lockdown, and they are hysterical. Um, so I would that was that was all. That's the other thing I just wanted to mention. So I'm kind of done. Just going. Yeah, that was a brilliant. Check them out. Excellent, <laughs> Jenny. No, I can't. I can't think of anything. No. Okay, let's do this new segment. It doesn't have a name. Um, <laughs> I've done very minimal prep for this, but basically, I was thinking earlier about how I always go on about how this is a pop culture show, and that we'll talk about like films and comics and telly and music, and then I never talk about music until the end of year review show when I tell everybody what my top five albums are out of the blue so what I thought I'd do is back in the day when I didn't have an actual intro piece of music and outro for the podcast I used to pick a song that I'd been listening to a lot of the time uh, as the outro and I used to get my guests to pick uh, the song that they've been listening to for the intro and so I thought I'd just bring that back but instead of making you pick things behind the scenes and actually putting the songs in the episode, I'd, I'd force you to do it on the show <laughs> so you can justify your musical choices to okay. me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start with you, Jenny, because you're the bigger face on my Skype screen right now, and I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I didn't do anything. <laughs> 
Um, so when you asked us, like, would we nominate a song that we really like at the moment? Uh, one that jumps straight to my front of my brain is a song called Freak Flag by a group called Southern Culture on the Skids. Okay. Which I, I don't know much about. I don't know anything about them, to be fair. I heard the song in an episode of NCIS Los Angeles and I thought, I love that song. Um, and then I had to Google that episode to find out what the song was. <laughs> but it's a really fun up song. So it's one of those songs that if you, you know, you're feeling a little bit kind of down or whatever, you put this on and it's just, it's really up and bouncy. Love it. Excellent. Yeah. You know, and then I listen to all sorts of other shit. <laughs> Apparently I should have been born somewhere between the forties to the seventies or just, you know, seventies mm-hmm. Southern rock is very me. Um, and the Carpenters and Dolly Parton. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> but yeah, Southern Culture on the Skids, Freak Flag. Great song. Really Excellent. loving it. Lee? Well, okay. Now, you're going to think this is a joke, <laughs> but, it's, but it's not a joke. I was I was listening to... Walk the uh, Dinosaur. I'm, I mean, no, I'm not a big um, music-y <laughs> person anyway, like, like pop music and stuff like that. I was always into like the blues, like Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters and stuff like that, or movie soundtrack. That was what I, you know, I was doing on the hip stuff. So... I was doing my thing, what I normally do, which I was going through YouTube, just listening to like one hit wonders from the seventies and stuff like that. And it come up with a recommendation on the site. Now, usually they're bullshit. You just ignore those. But this one caught my eye and I thought, I'm going to have to listen to that. And it was, it just said Fanny. (laughs) And no, it said Fanny and I thought, I've got to listen to that. That's hilarious. And it turns out that Fanny was the name of an all-girl rock band in the early 70s who turned out to be fucking brilliant, right? So I listened to this thing, and it was amazing. They're a four-piece. You've got a lead guitar, a bass guitar, piano, and drums, and they're all phenomenal musicians, amazing singers. They, they, there's no lead singer. They trade off uh, lead vocals on, on each track. They were hugely influential. But they disappeared and hardly anybody remembers them. I thought I'd never heard of these people before this band before. And they're phenomenal. So the track I'm picking is called Special Care by Fanny. <laughs> and I seriously, when you press play, if you go on YouTube, um, there's what it is. There's like a live performance from a German uh, like pop show from 1972 called Beat Club. Right. And it's brilliant because it's the whole thing. And you've got the outtakes in there and everything with them tuning up and all that. It's fascinating. Really high def for something that's so old. I thought originally it was some kind of spoof because it looked really modern and high def. How they managed to get high def, I don't know. But it, yeah, if you go and check those out and it, um, and the, and the track called uh, Special Care, just phenomenal. They're amazing musicians. And it's just, it just seems really weird that they kind of have disappeared from like the public consciousness. Uh, but they were really influential with a lot of, uh, American, you know, the girl bands. I mean, what's the, um, I can't remember. The run, was it the Runaways? The, the kind of like the punk or girl punk band? Oh, yeah. Um, Joe, who did yeah. Cherry Bomb. Yeah. They're a huge influence on them. Uh, David Bowie had a lot of great things to say about them and all this kind of stuff. And just like the backstory is really interesting. I had because re- I thought, it, are they making this up? Is this some kind of weird prank? <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not. There's like been docu- they, they popped up on like BBC rock music documentaries and they were on Old Grey Whistle Test and all this kind of stuff. There's all this old footage. And apparently they kind of, they kind of suffered because they were like a really rough, raw kind of rock band, like a Led Zeppelin-y type thing or the Stones. But their management kind of cut their teeth out and made them be more 
poppy and and that kind of stuff and they kind of the band members got lost interest and they kind of drifted off and they got replaced and it became a thing where you know you replace you know triggers sweeping brush thing where the whole band ended up getting replaced but um and it all kind of imploded within a couple of years but they're just phenomenal i was just, I was just completely blown away uh, by how good they are and then it's like all this, this sudden little secret thing that you know, like within like the the pop music business they had like, like tendrils and influence going out in, in all these different directions and if you see these like pop history rock history kind of programs they, they keep getting thrown back but i think uh but one of my favorite things was seeing an interview with the uh one of the band members and just saying about when they came over here and and just didn't realize what funny meant <laughs> over here. and yeah. just kept the people just kept screaming at them <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's my choice anyway. It's a uh, uh, special care by Fanny, and I'm not joking. <laughs> that, no, that's it. To be fair, that seems awesome. Aside from the fact that they're called Fanny, I know. Uh, right? I don't know how much I want to go onto YouTube and just search Fanny. <laughs> um, well, in my head, I got it mixed up when I was looking for. I couldn't find it today. I thought, what was the name of it? And I couldn't find it because I was searching for pussy instead of Fanny. Good lord, man! But don't, don't, whatever you don't search for, pussy. Just put it into Spotify instead. That's fine. Maybe. Just yeah, Fanny. It's bad. I feel like I've really shortchanged everyone. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> some real music history there. I, I was, I was going to say, I have picked a song and I've got like a sentence to say about it. So, <laughs> so it's fine. If you've done you it, you are fine because I'm, I'm the host. I'm supposed to be the one that knows things and says stuff and. Uh, Literally, yeah. what I was thinking. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So I picked. I have got the, the, a very weird musical taste in the <laughs> in the sense that, like, I like an awful lot of stuff, but the stuff I really gravitate towards tends to be the kind of thing you would expect, like, an emo teenager to enjoy. So, like, one of my favourite bands is Paramore, for example, which I don't know if that makes me, you know, lose any respect in anyone's eyes or not. But the, the lead singer of Paramore, Hayley Williams, has just released um, a solo album. And um, and it's much more uh, in the direction of, like, art pop than the sort of pop punk that, that Paramore does. And there is a song called Simmer that's on the album that I think, I personally think it's one of the best songs of the year already. But to be fair, I haven't listened to an awful lot of new things because I'm a terrible human being. Um, <laughs> Some of the new but, stuff is shit, though, so it's okay. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I can't. I've, I really can't say because I like a lot of like things that because I think a lot of people see me and think, oh yeah, she's probably the kind of girl who's really into like you know uh, you know grown up music or arty things or like you know respectable music. And then I'm like, yo, have you heard the new Bruno Mars? It's great. <laughs> so like i can't throw stones because of my giant glass fucking house um but hayley williams album yeah it's really good it it does feel like it's 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 grown more from paramore because i think a lot of the a lot of the music is quite angsty in paramore whereas this feels more like i mean there's still definitely a sense of sort of like there's definite anger Mm. Um, and there's there's certainly emotions running through the whole album. Um, but this particular song, I think, will be the litmus test for whether or not you like solo Hayley Williams things, um, because it's very it's it's quite experimental. I don't think it would be what a lot of Paramore fans would expect her to produce. 
Mm. Um, it's it's uh, but it is so leaning towards pop, so I don't think it's so experimental that you'd just be like, <laughs> "What am I hearing? <laughs> what is this?" But I I absolutely love it. It's pretty much been like the album's been the only thing I've listened to since it came out like a week and a bit ago. Aside from for some weird reason, I discovered a song. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. I'm gonna have to look on my Spotify. But literally, we were watching the telly the other day uh, on like vintage TV, and this song came on that I've never heard before. But it sounds like it would be very at home in the soundtrack to the movie Breakdance or Breaking, depending where <laughs> yeah. where you come from. And it is called just scrolling through my playlist. Do 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 do. It is called Street Dance, obviously, and it's by Break Machine. Because <laughs> of course it fucking is. Go and listen to that. It's forget what I said about Hayley Williams. Listen to Street Street Dance Break Machine. It's fucking top notch, mate. If that doesn't make you want to do a dance, you've got a stone heart. I don't know. It's just really good. Anyway, guys, um, I'm going to wrap it up there because we've been talking for two hours and I'm sat here in the dark because the other side of the desk is where the light switch is. Yeah, and, I mean, I was uh, kind of struggling to read my <laughs> read my notes. <laughs> Yeah, I've got the TV on silent and it's the only light in the room. <laughs> I'm just getting blinded by my computer screen at the moment. And I'm like, if I sit here much longer, I'm going to dehydrate and die of a headache. So, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the parlour again. Is there anything that you want to plug, like social meds or projects you've got coming up? Anybody got any podcasts they still haven't made? Oh, you, you, you're you hitting at me now, aren't you? There's so many things no. I haven't made yet. <laughs> Look, I keep trying. But every time I come up with a fucking name for it, I Google it, and some bastards already called their podcast it. So I feel like I can't even <laughs> move forward on it until I know what I'm going to call it. So it's going to end up being called Lee's fucking 70s sci-fi podcast eventually, or whatever. So, but yeah, so that's not happening yet. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter at lovelylee underscore G, if you want more of my inane drivel. <laughs> Uh, shockingly, I have uh, nothing out of value to go and look at or to read. I have two recommendations, though. If you have Disney Plus and you love behind-the-scenes things, go and watch Prop Culture. It's amazing. All about props from the Disney films, including Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the original Tron. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And also, I'm currently reading a Star Wars novel called Resistance Reborn by... Hold on, let me shine it to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Rowanhorse. It's really good. It's it's set just before Rise of the Skywalker, which I loved. Shush, it was great. <clears throat> but if you want to disagree with me, and you probably will, because you know Star Wars, uh, you can find me on Twitter at angelj5. Excellent. That's it. Thank you guys so much for doing a talk with me. It's been really lovely. Oh, Thank you. Fun. Thank you. Yay. Yay. We should do this more often when we're not recording as well. Like, <laughs> I think cool. I say yeah, that all good. the time, we but should, I never actually do it. We should do it. <laughs> we should. Thank you again. And lovely listeners, have a lovely whatever the fuck day I end up releasing this uh, <gasps> jumbo large monstrosity of a podcast. <laughs> Stay safe and be well and uh, listen to Street Dance. Bye. You guys can say bye too. All right. Bye. <laughs> Ta-da for a bit. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacey'sparlour at gmail.com 
or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>